Look at the night, and it don't seem so lonely. We filled it up with only two. And when I hurt, hurting runs off my shoulders. How can I hurt when holding you? One, touching one. It's episode number 271. Sweet Caroline. <laughs> Da, da, da. Good oh. times. Stoke <laughs> never times coming. Ne- oh my god. Stoke <laughs> times never seem so stoke. Welcome to the Wizards of Dribble <laughs> podcast. Uh, my name is David Callishaw, and I'm joined by George Weaver. Hello, David Callishaw. And Matt Swift. Hello, everyone. Let's have a let's have a great time. <laughs> let's have a, a bloody good time. Uh <laughs> Yes, Stoke City are back on our bullshit. And to quote the great Jill Scott, fuck off, you fucking pricks. Um, Yes, Uh, who'd have thought, eh, that we'd lose at Millwall? Who could have seen that coming? Uh, Yes, 2-0 to the Tricky Lions with Tricky Richard Creswell's tricky absolute unit of a child uh, scoring uh, two goals. Stoke not really creating much of anything. Matt Swift, is there good news? Any good news from this game? Um, for, I mean, from the game, absolutely not, I would say. Um, but we are signing Liam Delap by all accounts, so that will be the end of all our problems. Uh, it's a bit like the uh, the Lionel the Lionel Hutz uh, dream sequence. Yes. He'll come in, he'll play, <laughs> he'll play all eleven positions without without the need for anyone else. And we'll never lose a game of football ever again. But no, now, there is not a lot to be a, happy about. A quite sizable uh, portion of a brain still does not think we'll end up signing Liam Delap. I know um, it, it's like Fabrizio Romano's, you know, he's always like in there with the transfers and that. But I still don't think he's going to happen. He's going to fall off an escalator to nowhere or something on his way to the potteries. Um, but yes, I mean, is Liam Delap going to solve any problems is perhaps more to the point because um, we Dwight Gale didn't um, feature much on his Stoke debut. Uh, we had one chance all game, a very sort of tame effort from Campbell that was almost sort of given to us. Uh George, is Liam Delap what we need? Could he do anything for us? Yes, guaranteed promotion without a, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, no, I mean, <laughs> yeah, what could go wrong with that? Um, I mean, he's by all accounts a very, very good player. And that is exciting. And I am actually excited if he does sign. He watched the game apparently against Millwall. So I think it's right to think that he probably isn't going to sign for us. Oh, uh, yeah, I was just about to say why yeah, he walked out. <laughs> why do we make? But, why like, do we make like people do this? <laughs> like, come look at how shit we are. Would it be just too suspicious if we if they said, "Oh, can I come and watch a game?" and we went, "No, no, no I'll, I wouldn't bother." Just, it's, it's, just it's trust fine. us. It's, we we once did that with George Burley, and we played so shit he <laughs> decided not to. <laughs> Basically ripped up the contract he'd basically already signed. It was marvelous. Uh, the, um, 
at the fans forum, uh, I had a laugh when King said that he, he came to a game as a fan last season and walked around the concourse and got a beer and a pie and sat down. And I'm like, why on earth did you take the job after you did that? <laughs> like, <laughs> maybe it's just so easy to improve. Yeah, maybe yeah. well. <laughs> he, yeah. He's just looked, looked around and thought, if I do the bare minimum amount of work, I'll still <laughs> do really, really well. Um, Ryan, Ryan Howard in the office. He's uh, yeah. it's just going to get yeah. <laughs> Um Yeah, well, let's talk about that fans forum then because uh, it was like in the run-up to the Millwall game where it's fair to say the sort of mood was not great, certainly on, online. But then like after that fans forum, there seemed to be a little bit of kind of upward kind of enthusiasm. Uh, certainly O'Neill uh, endeared himself more to his fans with sort of his self-deprecating style. Uh, is it Simon King? Simon King made all the yes, sort of yeah. right noises about uh, wanting a fan zone and sort of, uh, like you said, having experienced it as a as a fan and things like that. Um, do we think that this was perhaps them getting out in front of a you know potentially horrible start to a league season by being like, no, no, we do get it, <laughs> we do get it, we are shit, but we are meant to be shit, and if you don't <laughs> like it, there's the door. Um, has that has that helped them? Do we think? Um. So I, I have to admit I've not watched it all the way through yet. I, I caught the you know like the the, the sentient parts, and I'm, I'm sort of halfway through my actual full full viewing of it. Um. I, I, I did. I, I do find the whole setup a bit weird. Um. With how we've sort of got this. Uh, I, I mean, I like the idea of a technical board for the football side of things. I think that's nice. Uh, it makes sense. I'm not entirely sure why John Coates sits on that necessarily when surely his role, you would think, would lend itself more towards the commercial side rather than the technical side. Um, but yeah, I, I do certainly feel, particularly and, and sadly for O'Neill, it was very much an exercise in explain yourself, Michael. <laughs> and it was less, it was less of a meet the manager more of interrogate the manager before the season starts ask him why haven't we won in pre-season and why do you play five across the back and I I think there are you know legitimate grievances to be had but a lot of what we've said in my opinion is the kind of stuff that they're now just going to get hung with before when the season carries on and I'm I'm all for having these forums and everything. I'm just surprised that they allowed it to be just before the season starts. I think when they've done it before, it's been sort of a couple of months in. If I'm, I, I could be completely wrong. I just don't remember it being right at the start of the season. But yeah, I think it's one of those things with what I did see from O'Neill is I know, I can see why the Coates family really like him because when you sit him down and you say to him, Michael, this is shit. What are you doing? his responses are really, really good. And you do listen to him and you think, yeah, fair enough, actually, I get that. Um, I don't know how long that's going to last. Well, I mean, it lasted 90 minutes, really, didn't it, with the fan base? But, (laughs) you know, I don't know how long that's going to hold water, really, if we keep having results as we have the past, particularly the past six months or so. I think on the John Coates point, I might might be opening myself up to a bit of furore here, but... I think the reason he's on that technical board is still a bit, of, it seems still a bit hero complex to me 
it still seems to me a little bit like the Coates family really want to be seen as the ones who did it, who made the club great. Mm. And, you know, I think they really like the idea of the forever grateful signs coming back. And I, I think part of that is the reason why they haven't handed over control of the football side to people who know what they're doing, in my opinion. Yeah, um, except their their sort of heroism, certainly in terms of like 2008 and promotion, came from uh, here is a lot of money, there you go. And but they can't do that now, so it's it's you know we're kind of fucked because their superpower is being really really rich, and the EFL rules have limited that superpower somewhat. Um, yes, so. Yeah, it, I, I, I kind of agree a, a little bit. I'm, I'm not sure if it's like a hero complex so much as it is just like just aiming towards some competence and not really kind of getting there all the time. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, I think I'm more encouraged by Simon King than I am, well, than I was by Tony Scholes. Certainly he's not like um, making sort of, strange comments on the radio and stuff. I think Skulls sometimes, he he just didn't seem to kind of fully accept things. He he, he was very much of, of the kind of we're shit, we're meant to be shit mentality. Um, whereas Simon King does seem to acknowledge there are things that definitely do need to improve. Um, so yes, a disappointing start. We are bottom of the league. Uh, that's fantastic. Uh, return to on the pitch though. Um, a lot of criticism for several aspects of the pitch. Um, uh, do we want to throw anyone under the bus straight away and dismiss them as being shit? Uh, I, I've had concerns, and I think I mentioned it um, on, the, on, on my last pod, and I've mentioned it several times on Twitter, that I've really got concerns over the right wing-back position. Yeah, Harry Clark's uh, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> In the nicest way, Harry, you shit, mate. No, 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 not in the nicest way. No, I, I've seen one friendly in some highlights of a, a league game, so I'm making this judgment now. And uh, you know what? This will motivate the lad. And uh, he, I guess he was not as good as he thought he was. Um, <laughs> oh, as, God. As, per, as per the infamous comment, <laughs> they, 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 he was not as good as they thought he was. Yeah, um, my concern is not so much necessarily with Clark himself, but it's more the fact that at the fans forum as well, they basically said, Yeah, our right backs, right wing backs are Clark, Sparrow, and Duhaney. Now, we didn't see much of Duhaney last season, and there was a good reason for that. Um, mm. He really is not very proficient, he's shit. shall we say. He's yeah. shit. He's always been shit. If you don't like it, here's a five-year contract to stay at <laughs> the club. <laughs> um, and it, it, if we're going to be trying to... If we're playing this system and we're completely reliant on generating chances from the wing-backs, because let's face it, we've created fuck all through the middle, um, we need to have someone in that area who can either make good recovery runs or be really good at going forward. Now, time in last season was that. I didn't see we much from Clark to suggest he could do someone out that. on loan in the United oh. States of America. Um, I mean, people, people seem to sort of keep bringing his name up every now and again. 
Tom Edwards. Is is he better than the three? Well, yeah, let's just say the three shit right wing backs we've got now. Is <laughs> is, is 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 Tom Edwards who um, you know? He, he was there. He, I do remember him scoring a goal against Norwich. That's something. I think. I think he might be a prime example of the actual embodiment of is he as good as he thinks he is. Oh, go on, go on. Let's let, possibly let's burn all I'm our gonna, bridges. I am going to start. Uh, yeah, I'm going to burn every bridge we can here. I do not. I, I'm Tom Edwards. When he came through, I thought brilliant. Really good attacking wing back um, or fullback. Got great cross on him. Uh, yeah, I I think the way that O'Neill has bombed him out to me very much seems like he was not as bothered about playing for Stoke as he could have been. I'm basing that on basically nothing, but yeah, I I don't know. I don't I don't see him solving the problems to be honest. Particularly it's, it's in that odd. position, it's odd as well because Edwards he got handed a you know a decent decent contract after that sort of initial breakthrough stage and then yeah clearly clearly something broke down somewhere um and yeah i i guess that the, the key thing is is whether whether he's good enough is the is not necessarily the question but so much as were they considering doing this before millwall and if they're now considering purely after what happened in the millwall game that that's could be considered a panic move <laughs> In my opinion, because if he's not in your plans, but then you you play one game and you're like, oh shit, maybe maybe that depth isn't there. Let's bring Tom Edwards back from New York. Yeah, Red what? Bulls, Red Bulls, yeah, mm. Red Bulls. Um, yeah, then I think that can be maybe construed as a panic move. And also, what what sort of leverage does O'Neill have there? And if anything comes up, none, because you brought me back. What are you going to do? <laughs> yeah, I think that's one tough. of the things I've seen a lot on Twitter of people saying our oh, recruitment this summer has been really poor. Um, I'm not necessarily subscribing to that. I don't think that's completely the case, but that would be a move where I would say, right, so basically we've already failed in one of the main areas of the pitch, especially in this formation. I would be really worried if that is what we're basing our season on, like you said. What about the uh, centre back positions then? Because uh, Aidan Flynn getting a lot of stick, um, no one sort of really convincing. Some nice things being said about Connor Taylor, but um, I think if you maybe swap their ages around and one's, you know, Aidan Flynn plays the same game but is a young lad, Connor Taylor plays the same game but is a sort of, um, you know, veteran pro. I'd, I, don't think there's much necessarily going to be all that much in it. I'm just we we like young up and coming players more than we do uh, older players. I guess um, that might be harsh because yeah, like I said, I I've not watched the whole game, so um, yeah. But we just seem a lot lighter there, and like I don't know. I always thought James Chester got more shit than he necessarily deserved, and. I'm wondering right now if he's actually like if we're actually any better off with the players we have than when the likes of Chester or even Danny Bart was there, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Taylor. It was you know you can see two goals off set pieces. You, you've got to be looking at your defensive unit. So yeah, I wouldn't say as a unit they covered themselves in glory. I think I think what 
what maybe you can take from Taylor is that he didn't look out of place, which is what you would want of someone of his age. Like, but like you say, Dave, if if a twenty-seven-year-old puts in that performance, do we care? No, probably not. But maybe because it's Connor Taylor, yeah, we give him a bit more leeway. Um, Flint looked pretty bad. I have to, have to be honest. Um, for a guy who has his height, the way he misjudged the flight of the ball off on that corner was just really bad. And and the other thing as well, like they're, they're clearly they're clearly defending corners with a with a zonal marking system. I I I'm not married to man marking or zonal marking. It, it depends. You, you you don't you play whatever suits right. But on, on both of the goals, the, the Millwall number eight is literally just standing at the back post completely on his own. Like there's no one around him. He's in three or four yards of space. And it doesn't, it doesn't get through to him because they score anyway. Uh, Charlie Cresswell's first two professional goals, by the way, if uh, if we're counting. Let's see how many times that happens this season. Um, but both times there's just a guy sitting at the back post. And yeah, and if, if it's who else's responsibility is that other than Aidan Flint as as senior centre back or whoever's in there. So yeah, not not the really not a good start. And when you're playing Gary Roberts Millwall, you're gonna get challenged with set of pieces and we just didn't look prepared, unfortunately. Yeah. I think that's the thing with Flint is when you sign a player like that, you sign him to stand in between two relatively young defenders in Wilmot and Taylor and marshal them. Um for all our issues last season, Jaggy Elka did that pretty well with Wilmot and Harwood Bellis or whoever Forrester was on the other side. I, yeah, I don't see that from Flint. Um, the set pieces that we conceded, were it was pretty abysmal from everyone. I don't... Lewis Baker jumped out of a header or, or didn't bother jumping for a header and backed out of it. And that was... Of the players in our team, I wouldn't expect that of him. So I don't know whether I'm just thinking it was Millwall, it's a bad game, it might not happen again. But yeah, the more worrying thing for me from Flint was the fact that, he, you know, he didn't seem like he was a veteran in the in the defence. It seemed more like Connor Taylor was the, you know, the standout performer and the the most trustworthy of the defenders. Yeah, yeah, I go with that. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, looking ahead to Blackpool, then uh, this is gonna be quite interesting because this is a game we are favourites for and it's at home which means only bad vibes can happen um, like <laughs> like if we lose this then how bad could it get like how many games is O'Neill likely to have uh, if we don't win this I think this is already looking quite important for us um, Blackpool's team isn't very good they've got a they, well, they beat Reading. I don't know if you'd class that as an amazing result, but they beat Reading on the opening day of the season. Um, like, what do we need to do in order to absolutely make sure that we win this? Like, aside from the obvious of score more goals. Um, I think, well, I think the fundamental thing is, they, they, again, to go back to the fans forum, he's made a big noise about how we, we just need a, a striker who can who can finish. So that's why we've got Dwight Gale. Dwight Gale had 22 touches or something really daft against Millwall and no shots, no like through balls. And I think he made nine passes out of 25 or something. And that's just simply because he was getting the ball pinged over his head or having to go for hold of play, which just isn't 
isn't his isn't his bag at all or Campbell's it's, it's none of none of their none of their particular strengths and I think I think what I'm worried about Dave is like you say like Blackpool is a game we're expected to win Blackpool being a big big away following for their you know for their first away game of the season it's they'll, they'll be pretty loud and if we're if we're not on it within 10 minutes yeah I think it's going to be horrid it, it was it was last season against Blackpool that, that was the game where it really started coming to, you know, it started coming to a head. And I think it was after that Blackpool game where O'Neill said, I'm not going to be in a job much longer if we keep playing like that. Little, little did he know. <laughs> he, mm. he, was never, he was never at risk. But yeah, I, I agree. If, if we turn up and have one shot on target and at one corner until 80 minutes, yeah, they're going to, it's going to be, it's going to be awful. Um, and I would like to add as well, this just as an extra omen, I'm pretty sure this is a game where we've advertised really cheap tickets for extra people to come in and watch us. Yeah, we did that against Blackpool as well last year. Yeah. With no idea of the sample size, I'm going to say that 100% of the time we've done that at home, we've lost in previous (laughs) seasons. With no idea if that's true or not, but it feels like it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm fleeing the country for it. Um, Like... (laughs) God, you just you just hope that we just show something. I think, like, if we start with Smallbone and have him as the more advanced of the midfield, uh, that would give me some cause for optimism. Like, I thought the three chosen, like, of Laurent Baker and Klukas, of those three cho- chosen, there's no proper attacking midfielder there. I know Klukas sort of has done that in the past, but he's a bit shit. So um, uh, I'm I'm not too keen on that. Start with Smallbone, like manifest a right wing back from somewhere, uh, sign a sign Liam Delap this week, and maybe you'll sort of generate the sort of just sort of vibes you need in order to sort of get people on side. But I think like I I just know the, the the first pass back to the goalkeeper and the groans will start and it's it certainly doesn't feel like much good can come from this. Um like even if we win 2-0, like I don't see a huge amount of like, oh actually we're quite a good team now, bloody bloody blah. It's gonna need to take time, but I just don't know how much longer O'Neill has got, to be honest. If you if you're gonna be optimistic, you would say that in terms of upcoming games, we have got some generous ones. So we've got Blackpool and then Huddersfield coming up to uh, of the teams who we we expect or we certainly predicted to be uh, down towards the bottom end of the table. So hopefully we can just sort of remember how to keep the ball in the fucking goal for one thing. Um, yes. Uh, any other ill omens or sort of reasons maybe even reasons to be positive ahead of uh Blackpool or or even if we want if we want to talk about the league cup fixture at um Morecambe you know if we're happy to give you some Morecambe hear some Morecambe thoughts <laughs> i think i think the thing that's maybe reason for positivity against Blackpool is that yeah maybe you did look at that and thought all right well yeah baker's not a 10 Lucas isn't a 10 Laurent isn't a 10. I'm going to play Smallbone. He's a 10. And then hopefully we can start to construct some play from that. When Smallbone came on against Hearts, he looked 
he looked good in that role. He looked we looked a lot brighter after he came on. So I would like to think, yeah, maybe he he goes with Smallbone. I will be a bit disheartened if he picks the same eleven mm. because because it's you can't pick the same eleven after that performance. I don't think. And also, I, I you know Dwight Gale fine whatever he's got to get chances. But if we need a bit of you know a bit of Tony Pulis hard work. Let's let's put Brown back in. Let's try and yeah. get some some running going. You know, let's get a bit more dynamism up front. Okay, historically Brown and Campbell haven't necessarily worked too well together, but let's you know let's change it up a bit. Let's try and get some fresh ideas in. And then if you do need a goal, yeah, try and bring Dwight Gale on when they start to drop back if they've gone a goal up or whatever. And then, well, that, you know he can might be able to find those gaps. In that Millwall game, I think Smallbone came on and looked. We looked more calm in midfield. If not, we didn't really look like creating anything, but we looked more calm in midfield. I do think when Brown came on, that made quite a big difference as well, actually. It still wasn't a brilliant, you know, second half was pretty crap, whichever way you look at it. But I think with Brown on, there's a little bit more hold-up play. There's a little bit more... Their defence is a little bit more forced into actually doing something. So I would I would hope, for me, that Smallbone and Brown are pretty set to start on Saturday. I think those are the two big the two big players I would have in straight away. Yeah, I'd go with that. Okay. Like... Yeah, fair enough. Uh, some good shouts there. So, uh, I think it's time to open up the Hippo's Tank. So, folks, your nominations, your initial thoughts, your candidates to be eaten by a big old pack of hungry, hungry hippos uh, and we will will vote on uh, who should go in. Uh, do any of you have any candidates straight away? Thomas, Partey. I would like to go. Thomas, Ooh. Ooh, okay, no, that's one. Uh, Fair enough. Yeah, like I mean, like I can't, we can't really like debate that because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if like I'm not sure if that's in the spirit of the Nathan Jones game to pick an answer like so no. obvious. Um, yeah, like he was preemptively eaten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let's uh, let's yeah. uh, not uh, say any more on that. Um, yeah, Thomas party. <laughs> there you go. The hippo. The hippo's having a party. That that was a shorter feature than I intended. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Right. Let's oh, go to your questions. As I look at our Twitter account, which has six thousand six hundred and sixty-six followers now. So. Uh, you know, that is an ill omen if ever I saw one. Uh, let's see. Uh, questions, questions, questions. Uh, Orphy says, what is your method of choice for coping with the pain of soul-destroying defeats or performances? Nowadays, I refuse to let them get me angry for more than one hour after the end of the sorry affair onto the next game, etc. Okay, so he, he has uh, basically got an hour cut-off point for getting angry or upset. By football, how do you cope with the uh, eternal gloom and despair of Stoke City, George? Um, I have done the magical thing of trying really hard not to care, mm. um, and remembering that actually there is also outdoors. Um, I try to avoid Twitter; it doesn't work, and I go on it anyway, and that makes me more angry. But yeah, I, I don't know. I think maybe three or four years ago, maybe even two years ago, I'd have been pretty pretty annoyed at every loss but now I'm kind of I think when you expect it it helps yeah so my my view is nihilism um if you aim for that nothing really matters so we'll all be dead pretty soon 
yeah, come watch TV. Uh, Matt? Um, I just try to immerse myself in... Bless you, Dave. Thank you. Um, I just try to... <laughs> I just try to immerse myself in other sports, to be honest. Um, I've. It, it's funny, in the past sort of five years of Stoke not being very good, I have passionately picked up about two or three other sports. <laughs> predominantly yeah. ice hockey but unfortunately unfortunately that, that season's not started yet so I've, I've got nothing to really inoculate myself with for another month or so um you don't worry it's, though it's the mighty crisp starting on wednesday that's true yes. is coming. Da, da, we're coming to da, destroy da, county da, cricket da, 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 da. yes i have noticed that yes. in the last five years cricket has become the best sport and uh, the the, co- yeah, the coincidence absolutely. of Stoke also being shit in that period is is quite something. Um, yes, uh, other sports are good, but obviously um, you, when you run out of cricket in the winter time, then uh, it can be be some lean old nights. But yes, I've, I'm trying to adopt a sort of more zen attitude towards Stoke this season. I'm, I'm like um, I'm barely even going to any of the games anymore. <laughs> Uh, I'm just picking and choosing. Um, <laughs> yes, I'll go to the Hearts friendly, and then that's it for about a month. Um, and that's just that's just kind of uh, pure coincidence. Um, yeah, you can't. Yeah, I think we're um, yeah we're so um, used to it now that it's like like sort of getting angry at Stoke being shit has kind of lost its novelty. So what we can do instead is get really sort of excited about the potential for them not to be as shit in future. So that's uh, exciting. Um, so uh, let's see. Uh, sorry, replies to tweet. Um, ben suggests that we match the Stoke player to their respective Commonwealth Games event. Um, did anyone else realise the Commonwealth Games was on until like two days ago? Because I had no clue what was happening. Um, Right, okay, right. I'm just going to name some uh, Commonwealth Games events and I want you to instantly, without even thinking about it, tell me which Stoke player would be the best at it. So, George, archery. I was going to go straight for Danny Bart, but he doesn't play for Stoke anymore, so that's not a very good start, is it? Excellent. I'm going to go Harry Clark. Harry Clark. I'd say Aidan Flint because he sort of looks like an elf from Lord of the Rings. Um, (laughs) You know, like one of the tall ones. Um, Matt. He's the, he's the one elf that misses all the time. <laughs> they all, they all, all the other elves take the piss out of him. <laughs> Matt. Uh, badminton. Smallbone. Nice. Uh, George. Basketball. Aidan Flint. Nice. Beach volleyball. Matt. No, I'm, I'm, I'm really impressed <laughs> if, you, if you say anything because it's remembering the squad. Uh I reckon, so, I reckon Ty. I reckon Ty is good at that. Ty Reese Campbell. Okay. I yeah. I was thinking I maybe Josh Timon for Tony. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, boxing, George. Uh, Josh Laurent. Okay. Cycling, Matt. Josh Timon. Josh Timon. All yeah. Josh always Josh Timon. The amount of recovery runs. Yeah. Okay. Diving, George. <laughs> Harry Souter. Imagine the splash. <laughs> Imagine the splash. <laughs> uh, right. So uh, just first one to shout out a name uh, for these ones. Gymnastics. Brown. Okay. Hockey. Liam uh, McCarron. Okay. <laughs> Judo. I, I actually know nothing about Liam McCarron. Judo. Uh, 
Mike Pedro. I reckon Laurent again. Combat combat sports, all Laurent. And yeah, of course, Mike Pedro. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, two more. Lawn Bowls. Jag Elka, still like just. Yeah, I'm going to go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. old person <laughs> yeah. joke. Completely right. Um, <laughs> and uh, shooting. Jeff Cameron. Sorry, uh, sorry, wrong, wrong era, <laughs> wrong era. Sorry. Um, Excellent. <laughs> uh, Jug Bank Stokey says, apart from two defensive lapses and not much attacking threat, was it really that bad? To which uh, Alan just replied, yes. Uh, <laughs> and uh, at Smoke on Stench, which is a fun username, uh, it says, do you as a podcast blame yourselves for the demise of Stoke? Since the pod launched, we've been shot. I think that means shit. Uh, Yes, 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 we do. But you know what? Just out of pure spite now, we've, we're keeping it going. I wanted to bail like four years ago, but no, we just kept going just out of pure spite. Um, you never know. You never know. Things might change. Don't ask me how or why, but they just might. <laughs> Things could be different. Um, any other business before we uh, end the show? Any uh things that we want to celebrate any things that we want to yeah uh, any other stoke related things that have come up or even non-stoke related things huge huge congratulations to the the lionesses for their fantastic absolutely fantastic victory at the weekend yes just just it, it was just awesome like, that was that was then, a lot of fun yeah and it, it's funny because I, I was just thinking like I remember watching the, I think the semi-final we lost in 2015. Yeah, I genuinely think that was the first, the first women's tournament I'd watched a lot of. I think so too. And then Laura, and then it sort goal. of, yes, yeah, she like, yeah, pro- like flicked it over the head. It was, oh, it was heartbreaking. Um, and I, I remember thinking, you know, it was, it was good, it was good, I enjoyed it. But the last sort of couple of years, the quality has just gone up so, so much, especially like in. English domestic game and I, yeah I just it's it's rare for English football to have I don't want to call it an ending because it's not an ending but it's rare for English football to have such a wonderful crowning moment mm. but it, it just felt as though similar to you know I guess similar to the when England won both cricket world cups uh, the women's and the men's in 2017 2019 it just felt like you know they've been working towards this this is the one they picked out and yeah they nailed it just yeah, lovely. Just an absolutely fantastic tournament and a yeah, really nice, really nice way to end it. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, and so so uh, a wholesome moment on which to end what has been a pretty kind of miserable and uh it's just it's just it's just back like old times again. It's just it's just wizards doing our thing. It's just classic drivel. Misery over shit state performance, inane drivel. And then sometimes there's something outside of Stoke that does make you have a small moment of joy. Uh, but there we there we have. And we got at least three Simpsons references in as well. So excellent, <laughs> excellent work. You know, we weren't sure about adding new people, but you've got the you've got the vibe uh, down to a T. So thank you, George. The familiar gut punch of pain and confusion is back. Thank you very much, Dave. <laughs> thank you, Matt. It's shit. It's always been shit. It's meant to be shit. If you don't like it, there's the door. Ah, oh, fuck off, you fucking pricks. Go on, Stoke. <laughs> <laughs>